0: If I can get to the heart of it, to whatever degree I can get to the heart of it, and say what's on my mind, that is the degree to which it will connect with other people.
1: Hello, and welcome to Where the Living Room Used to Be, a podcast about Rhode Island's music scene. everyone, it's James. I have another special guest for you on this episode. Jonah Matranga from bands such as One Line Drawing, Far, New End Original, and Gratitude joins me for a conversation about balancing art and life as a professional musician, what matters most to him about his songwriting, and how his latest album, Tenderwild, came together. Jonah will be heading out on tour with other Iodine Recordings artists, Her Heads on Fire, and Joe McMahon from Smoker Fire very soon. They have dates taking them down the East Coast from Boston to Gainesville for the fest. They'll stop here in Providence on Saturday, October 22nd at AOS 220. Hope so you enjoyed the episode. Please check out Jonah's new album as well as his entire body of work at jonahmatranga.com and pick up some cool vinyl over at iodinerecords.com. Thanks for listening.
2: i've been a fan of yours for a long time uh we i I actually got to play a show with you back in 97 or 98 Uh, i was at the espresso bar when you were on tour oh
3: yeah sure
2: um so yeah just a very memorable show in my life and uh yeah i've been following you all along that way so um yeah but i mean to uh get into it (laughs) uh you know anyone that's listening um I, I do have to say that, uh, you know, if, if you hear anything that you like, uh, to please check out Jonah's book alone, rewinding, um, mm. because it's going to get so much deeper than anything that we could get into in this conversation. And yeah, I just want to say, thank you. I've just really mm. connected with it. Um, mm. you know, as, uh, I myself was a touring musician for a bit. So you've just really encapsulated that. Um, and it's just it's beautifully written, and uh, it just it helps. I mean, you, you've been an artist that has really pulled people in, in my view. You know, like you've just been a very open person, um, and this just kind of takes it to that next level. So, um, you know, please check that out. But uh, just a couple of things that that kind of stuck out that maybe I'd like to have you talk a little bit more about. Um, yeah, with, of course, with, anything with that uh, in your book. You kind of talked about um, kind of finding that. Quiet, like confidence, like knowing who you are as an artist, and um, Mm -hmm. and you know, creating to be okay, and it's okay to create, you know, in in a sense. You know, can you talk a little bit more about what that, what that is? Just because, again, it was just something that really kind of stuck out. It's something that I kind of work with, of you know, trying to shed all of these other things that are you know hitting us from the world and the music industry, and just you know, creating so that I'm, I mean, I feel okay. And then just being okay with where I create and not trying to always tweak stuff to reach that other thing that I, what I think other people are going to want to listen to. Um, Mm. so I don't know if that's something you can speak a little bit more on.
0: Yeah, I'm sure I can. And it's really, it's really timely actually. Um, so yeah, I I would, I remember when I figured this out and again, you know, as, uh, you were talking about, um, I do talk about this a bunch in the book, um, and I really just want to take a second and appreciate that you read it, that you care about it. Um, I, I just yeah, I just really appreciate that. Um, it's not, uh, it's not something I ever take for granted that someone takes the time to experience any of this stuff, the music, the everything. But the book is a real commitment, so, mm-hmm. um, and I, I did not write a small one. Um, so anyway, uh, this moment. Yeah, the first time I remember having a sense of this was in high school. And it was really, I really just wanted to make sure I wasn't fooling myself or do my best to make sure I wasn't fooling myself as in, you know, I can love music as much as I want, but it doesn't mean I should, you know, inflict my songs on the world. Um, (laughs) Yeah. and, And so I knew that I enjoyed it a lot. I knew that it was, um, you know, I was, whatever. I started writing songs at like twelve or thirteen or something mm-hmm. like that, and um, so I didn't. I didn't have the words for this at the time, but I knew I really loved it. And somewhere in high school, I just had this kind of real self-reflective period. I really don't know where it came from. I can't claim that I had any sort of conscious uh, awakening about it or anything, but. I just started wondering how I would figure that out. And Mm -hmm. what came to me pretty quickly was that for all of these sweet reasons, I really couldn't trust my family or my friends because they love me, you know, and they, Mm -hmm. they, they're going to be kind about, you know, about what I make and be supportive and, and that's such a beautiful thing. But at the time I was really curious about well, what is it to, to, to know that i'm good yeah and so i just i don't remember what happened but i really thought about it for a long time i've been a really deep thinker for a long time (laughs) and uh so i just i think it was a period of several months really that this was going on and i kind of didn't play music for that time i kind of i just wanted to step back and go yeah is this something that i should be doing Mm -hmm. for whatever reason and so what I came out of this period of reflection with was a very simple thing of, for me, at least, I I didn't, you know, I came out with this idea, like, I'm not a genius. I'm not, I'm not going to make Abbey Road anytime soon. I'm not going to make Purple Rain anytime soon. I'm not going to learn to play all the instruments better than everyone else in the world. I'm not going to maybe write songs that um that, that, you know, change the whole world or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So, I really got a clear sense of that. And along with that came this, uh, it was just this belief that I have some kind of spark. And that little spark that I came to believe in um, as a teenager was really helpful for me. Um, it has since really helped me keep my head on straight when people say nice things or, or, you know, give me money to play music or whatever it is, it doesn't mess up my head. And at the same time, if someone hates what I do or, or, you know, cause I've had more than a few haters in my day um, and more than a few bad reviews, it really helped me not take that personally either. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so what's so interesting about you asking me that now and i'm just it's just occurring to me like all in a rush so sorry for the no no kind of um is that so for the last well also in high school later in high school i uh i was doing way too many drugs and was in trouble and so i was forced basically to go to uh alcoholics anonymous to um to get sober Mm -hmm. and do drug tests and all this stuff and and i ended up writing my senior paper in high school on 12 step and so it's become a modality that it's it's quite important to me um and for all the most of people maybe perhaps including you who aren't really familiar with different aspects of 12 step beyond the caricatures and movies or something um it's a very just a very self-directed there's no boss there's no money involved um there's no rules really there are Mm -hmm. traditions that are followed but it's an entirely voluntary thing and it's entirely free um and so those are the things that i'm deeply attracted to about it because i think we have such a horrible time with mental health as as a species really yeah yeah and and here's this resource that is free and leaderless and Mm -hmm. just really neat um and so I got really into just the modality and, you know, I, but after I'd been sober for a bunch of years, I realized that I was still kind of fucking nuts and that my disease in some ways was more centrally really around people and around mm-hmm. being worried about what they thought around trying to take Absolutely. care of them. Um, and so long, you know, this is so, this is a long path since then, but I'm, Enjoying a program called Al-Anon, which is mm-hmm. a program that was created by the basically the wives of the dudes that created AA when mm-hmm. the guys were kind of getting together and trying to get sober and fix their lives. Way back when the wives were hanging out, and through talking, they realized that they were just as crazy as their alcoholic husbands because they were just doing all these nutty, self-destructive things to try and save these people. Mm-hmm. Um, from their addictions and so I have uh, come to realize that my central addiction is trying to control other people and trying to fix other people and all of these things and so I can get really tied up into what other people think and I think now that you're mentioning this I really feel like that that time in high school which is totally around the music was me for the first time having a glimpse of I need to find this light within myself. Mm-hmm. Um, this can't be about someone else's approval. And so I've, I've always felt grateful that musically speaking, I got that awareness at an early age because it just, I, you know, like I was talking about, it really helped me not trip on what other people thought. Yeah. And I never quite realized until now that if I could just apply that same exact principle to the rest of life that I was able to apply to music so easily and remember that I had a spark then I'd probably be um, a lot more serene as a human. So just just thank you for that oh, really yeah. neat uh, thing that just happened. Uh, I'll yeah. be thinking about this for a while now, but um, yeah, there's a real danger in, on any level, yeah. um, certainly as an artist or whatever that means to be an artist, to worrying about what other people think. Because if I'm making something because I think you will like it, even if I succeed, I've succeeded in more like I made a table and you enjoyed it or something like yeah, that. And yeah, it's not yeah. to, you know, and table makers are wonderful by the way, like that can be just as creative as anything else. Nothing <laughs> is more inherently creative than anything else. But the point is there's a sort of a, a thing that, you know, there's, there's a table and you make it and and it's, it works. It's a table. Um, yeah. It's a, it's a craft, you know, they talk about arts and crafts and I kind of tend to think as, of, of art as something that's a bit more about, enjoying it myself and then if anyone else likes it it is cool and crafts of course again can be totally creative it's certainly i'm not besmirching the crafts community it just you know crafts person it's a lot of terms that are sort of about making something correctly
3: yeah and in art
0: there is no correct i think that's the main difference so i'm not trying to make what i do different than anyone else i really don't think it is it's just about am i trying to do something that lights me up in Mm -hmm. that mysterious way, or am I trying to do something correctly? Mm -hmm. And it's a really, really different pursuit. I think that's the the simplest way I could put it because correct kind of has to do with getting validation from some, something whether it's someone else's opinion. Did I do this right? Mm -hmm. And I am very worried about doing things right. Mm -hmm. Uh, And mostly it's like, if I didn't fix you, then I didn't do it right. I didn't love you hard enough or talk to you cleverly enough or get angry enough or all of the things. Mm -hmm. And so it creates this real weird loop of trying to do it right. And it's just a really dangerous game. And I have hurt myself a lot in life trying to play that game of doing it correctly. Mm -hmm. And I really, um, I think if it's an appropriate context, if it's like, did I pass my driving test? <laughs> and, you know. <laughs> yes, yeah, there's certain things. Directly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's, there's nothing wrong with that. And there is this other province that's about yeah. doing something that really lights you up. Yeah. In a way that can, that great old tune, you know, they can't take that away from me. Um, when I had this awakening about that I that I have this little spark. mm mm-hmm. It really, no no one can take that away from me. Yeah, yeah. And so it was a very important, I, I'm just discovering now what an important discovery it was. Because I think it really did inform a lot of my other pursuits in life, which often revolve around this idea of how can I just do what's in my heart the mm-hmm. best I can and let go of the rest? Because that's all I can control. Mm-hmm. The only thing I've any control over is what I do, how I express myself, how I behave. Yeah. And there's a, a thing that we say often in Al and on and probably in 12 step in general, it, that's like I might I might not even be I can't control other people's thoughts, can't control other people's actions, can't control anything like that. Certainly can't control what they think of me. Can't really even control my first thought in a lot of ways. Cause mm-hmm. you know how when thoughts are just like reactionary. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but Even if that's true, I can control my second thought. And that's the first thing that I can control. And kind of the only thing Mm -hmm. is the thoughts and actions that arise from that. So it's, it's been a really, it's funny. I think music taught me to really think about this and the, this that I'm thinking about is kind of the center of my life at this point. And it's mm-hmm. just really trying to be my own human and encourage other people to be their own human, which really has a lot to do with letting the fuck go yes, yeah. of what other one, of what other people think. Yeah. And so that's what I got when you say those very evocative words.
4: I feel affected, and it all disappears. The rain and clouds above my head, and it all disappears. I'd understand it if I could grab it, another wish on my list. One more day, we've made it through now. Got my list, got my list. One more day, we've made it through now. Got my list, got my list. Got my list.
2: Like another thing that like really kind of stood out with the book, um, for me, I just, you know, music means everything, you know, and there's like people that I can name that have just uh, just mattered so much to me like songs, albums that have mattered so much. So like being an artist, like trying to create that and it's a weird kind of lofty goal that gets wrapped up with, you know, trying to detangle it from ego, but try and create something that hopefully mm-hmm. someone else has that similar ish kind of experience with is, is something that we're trying to. It's always nice, it. right? You know, yeah, yeah. You know, so <laughs> I'm not trying to say that it's that, but you kind of spoke about that a little bit more.
3: I don't know, but of kind of eloquently, it is. like I mean, in the
2: book of like trying yeah. to like you no, know create. Yeah. Like,
3: um
0: Yeah, I wandered off into a thing because you really did kind of knock me on the head uh <laughs> totally unwittingly, but I'm really happy this is happening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um so let me just put that aside and get back to very specifically music. Um mm-hmm. yeah, it's I just another in my early 20s that there was a thing that happened where i really again wondered like why am i doing this i was kind of getting some success happening Mm -hmm. but then my my i was making sure that i wasn't frankly doing it for all of the 14 year old reasons being on album covers and Mm -hmm. meeting a cute girl or whatever you know cute guy or whatever people want to meet um Mm -hmm. you know being attractive to other people essentially um and then money of course is wonderful we need money but it's also uh I just really like to make sure that the creating part and the enjoyment of the idea part is at the center of this concentric circle kind of. And, you know, not too far out of that, maybe one or two circles out is other people's approval. Like I'm aware of that. Like I I think of a lot of what I do is pretty much the equivalent of a five-year-old drawing a picture and being like, I made this, do you like it? (laughs) Like, so I try to just be as innocent about that as possible in the sense that like, Of course, like, I definitely the center of all of this for me is just the making of the ideas music to get back to really what you were saying. Initially, music is just it's a very therapeutic thing for me Mm -hmm. more than I even understand I think It has been since I was very, very little. I think that is because probably one of the only peaceful parts of my childhood was when people had some guitars out and were like singing in a circle like hippie style. Mm-hmm. And I think that might've been, I, but that's all obviously conjecture point mm-hmm. being, it's just been a real safe place for me long time. Mm-hmm. And so it's important for me that it stay that way. Cause anytime I've wandered away from that, I've really not been happy no matter how much, you know, success and, you know, haven't had much or anything, but I've had some, I've gotten some money and been on some labels and gotten a little yeah. attention and stuff. And anytime that, sort of took the driver's seat that journey. And I lost,
2: you mean like being on the label, like being on the bigger labels, Sure, or like any the, level the... of
0: achievement, just okay. worrying about any level of, of anything, of mm-hmm. anything a, a, like personal validation. Anytime something else took that center circle over, mm-hmm. or even came close to it. I just dr- started having dramatically less fun. Mm-hmm. And this thing that I think people see a lot where there's this wildly successful, anyone, you know, actor, touring musician, whatever chef you know, thinking of Anthony Bourdain like mm-hmm. I think the reason one of the reasons that some people with such huge amounts of success are also so fucking depressed and suicidal and abusive and self-abusive and just kind of horrible in a lot of ways is that that little circle I think got messed up mm-hmm. and as far as I can tell, the only way to stay healthy—again, not really as a human at all, but as a musician, since we're specifically talking about that—is to keep that thing of make sure the joy of the idea is at the center circle. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's the only way to go. It's it to sort of make sure that my intention is clear, which is to light myself up and to just let in the ideas that come, and the rest just really has to wait. Um, it can be yeah. there. I can have attention on money and I can have attention on getting people's attention. And I don't mind that. I think I try to just let that all radiate out from how much I love making the music. And that way stuffing the envelope or doing the podcast or, um, you know, accepting a compliment or or accepting a criticism, it can all be secondary Mm -hmm. and fueled by the music like this for me. As odd as it might sound, this is part of the music for me. Mm -hmm. Because that's the way I like to think of these things to keep myself focused on why it is that I'm sitting here talking to someone. Because I really love that you care enough about me and Mm -hmm. the stuff I've made to talk to me. And I'm super psyched to be part of these archives now, being a New England kid. (laughs) And that can't be the most important thing for me. It can't even be close, frankly. Mm-hmm. this has to be heated up by the joy of the idea. And then this can mm-hmm. be a great accessory to that.
3: Mm-hmm. But the oh, minute
0: yeah. I slip off of that, it can get real fucked up real fast as far as I can tell.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Trying to keep those motivations and intentions, you know, like in check for me have always, um, yeah, been something that I, that I need to be aware of. And, uh, that's even just that, you know, my level, I mean, so I, I, you know,
0: and no, that's what I'm saying. It has nothing to do with anyone. No, like you, yeah. you've literally made me realize. Just everyone, no matter what mm-hmm. you're doing in life, like this applies to you as a metaphor. Like yeah. I'm positive it does. Mm-hmm. Like this is it. So this has nothing to do with your relative success level in music.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: The only thing it has to do with is if you are sad because you haven't achieved the success you think you should, or blah 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 blah, you know, whatever the things I know I can really wrap myself up in sometimes. If you don't have that thing to go back to of like, man, I just really love this. You know, yeah. and again everyone, whatever your equivalent to playing the guitar is or whatever instrument you play, whatever you lawyer, teacher, anything, uh yeah, this is all about that. Mm-hmm. It's just getting you to go back home to that. Um and so, yeah, and, and the worst part is when those outer circles of money or self-perception or other's perception or whatever get in the way of the of the sweet part. Um, and I do think that's how that part kind of dies. I don't think it's ever really dead, but I think it's easy to forget in this busy world. Um, it's one of my favorite bumper stickers ever is uh, she thought she was depressed, but it turns out it was capitalism all along. <laughs> um, and. So, you know, yeah. against, like, <laughs> capitalism in particular, but just it's, yeah. you know, I would say humanity all along. Um, mm-hmm. This is we've built a really fucking weird machine, mm-hmm. us humans, and it doesn't necessarily reward in a lot of ways this. Well, who knows who cares what it rewards or not? Um, it doesn't matter. The point is. I got to stay at that center circle. Mm-hmm. Or else, um, it life doesn't go well, and I would imagine that you have some frame of reference for that and how that looks in your life of when you don't stay in your center circle,
2: yeah, absolutely, yeah. You know, when it yeah. is like looking at, um, yeah, just out like outwardly focused stuff rather than inwardly, you know, yeah. instead of like making yeah. a record that I love to listen to and you know, having it be like, I hope other people like it. Yeah. But if they don't, and the, then and that's fine. I made this album that I'm gonna listen to a hundred times. So that's totally. fine. and that's know? way
0: easier said than done. This whole <laughs> oh, process, yeah, yeah. Process it's a, is a a, is a decades, life's yeah. work for me. Like <laughs> yeah, I yeah. well, I, I look at this as a forever thing. I don't look at yeah. this as all of a sudden I'm gonna get over it. Oh, when yeah. Someone yeah. doesn't like me. Like no. that <laughs> it fucking sucks. Yeah. Um but it, there is a, a softening of the self-hatred. Mm-hmm. Um that that is that does run through my music i mean i think i've just been trying to soothe myself this whole time mm-hmm. but to your very generous thought of that you know that my music has been kind of gotten into people's lives and a bit been Absolutely. a little bit about getting through this life um that's uh i'm real happy about that mm-hmm. um and i think that that's kind of what I've been trying to say all along, and I'm not even trying to quote myself, but that is a, a very early far song. And we probably played it when you saw the espresso bar, it's called what I've wanted to say. Um, and it's actually about all of this that we're talking about right now. And I did, I have realized looking back on all of my tunes since I was like fucking 14 um, or wherever, whenever it was, uh, I, they've all always been about, something around this subject essentially Mm -hmm. um the first song i really remember writing was called communication and another song that i remember writing it very early on was called get it off your back Mm -hmm. and the all the early far stuff is 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 done uh, through all the music it's really been a theme for me i didn't even realize it for a lot of years but once i started building up kind of a big body of work i looked around and thought huh Mm -hmm. i've been thinking about this for a long time
2: That. Like, what is your songwriting process and songwriting schedule like? I mean, you've been involved in so many projects and solo, you know, stuff like yeah. your own name and one line drawing and all these things, but uh yeah. what is it uh like for you, you know? I mean, it can be how you're doing right now, but even just kind of looking back, have has it been uh, something that you, you know, write like constantly writing, or are you just have these like spurts like um, you know, what has that been like for you and in, in your
0: experience? I I remember a time when I was I would get stressed out every time I wrote a song I liked because I would think, ah, that was it. It's all downhill from here. Well, like, um, this is the best
2: then, I'm going to get or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly.
0: Kind of thing. You know, like my first, <laughs> it was such a feeling of scarcity. Like I write this thing I love. And the first thing I thought after that, I was like, fuck, I'm never going to write anything that I did again. Uh, so it was this real bizarre self-torture mechanism. So that eased after a while. Mm-hmm. I started kind of settling in, going like, "Oh, these are just tunes. They're just they're going to keep going." And so, at this point, um, I kind of just let them hang out. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I take I make a lot of pocket recordings um, and jot okay. down a lot of little things. Um, yeah, I so I I preserve the little ideas as diligently as I can. But it's funny, I often don't even go back and listen to this stuff. Sometimes I will to kind of go, Oh yeah, that was kind of neat. But usually the ones that I record a bunch at the beginning is I'm just the ideas coming in. Those are the ones that stick mm-hmm. because I think they're just for I don't know whatever reason for whatever reason an idea sticks around, they stick around. And so I follow them. Um I also talk about this in the book, but you know, in a longer way. But I, I kind of think of them like a little animal that I mm-hmm. don't know, I can't identify. And I just try and make friends with the little animal and when we've made friends kind of the song's done. And so the songwriting process for me is just a, a very, it's very therapeutic. It's very like life. I just, I'm in the middle of this big move right now from California to Oregon. And okay. uh, so I just wrote about that. And I mm-hmm. think the best shot at like what I call genius is when someone does something entirely for themselves they really keep that center circle going, and then they manage to do such a good job of doing the personal that that becomes universal. I do mm-hmm. think that the personal, and it's often been said, the personal and universal are, you know, connected to each other. And I, I just think that the heart is the heart of it. And if I can get to the heart of it, to whatever degree I can get to the heart of it, and say what's on my mind. That is the degree to which it will connect with other people. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, I think someone could craft a song based on what, you know, they know we like talking about sex and love and death and ang. Okay, cool. And they can kind of create a thing that people buy. But, you know, people also make cereal and like lots of other things that a lot of people buy. And so it's not, that's not really what it's about for me. It's about connecting. With, with other people, and I know that if I really want to connect with people, I've actually got to be myself because, again, to take it out of music entirely, if I'm just creating a facsimile of myself that I hope other people will like, even if they do like it, they don't even like me still. Mm-hmm. They just like the facsimile I made to try and sell them. And so I could still have this secret feeling in my heart. And I think, that, again, is how you get people who are really popular and successful, but kind of hate themselves. Because they've learned how to do a great facsimile of what people are going to want. So on the outside, they've got a lot of success. But it's all driven by this fear of showing their true self. So they kind of hate themselves. So it's this really fun circle or you know, some kind of maze. So anyway, songs for me are one big exercise in just trying to keep it personal. And Mm -hmm. I know or I believe that if I do a good job at that, then I am doing also a good job of potentially connecting with other people. And I still can't guarantee that. I don't know when that's going to happen or if that's ever going to happen. I just believe that that's giving myself the best shot to connect with other people in an authentic way. Not because I couldn't craft a song in a more studied way and get more people to like it, but that isn't connecting with them as far as I'm concerned. That's just Mm -hmm. selling a loaf of bread and that's totally fine too. Mm -hmm. But I'm interested in the other part. Yeah. Um, I'm interested in the connection part and that is success for me. If there is any sort of success, really the success is just having the idea in the first place and enjoying it. But the connecting mm-hmm. part is how I measure the success. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And that, that all starts with me. Let it yeah. begin with me as it were.
2: <laughs> yeah. No, I mean that, that's cool. And it's, it's great. Yeah. Uh, that you've been able to to do that, you know, just because it, it, your music has meant a lot to me personally and to so many other people. Um, and you're well, it's right. also I mean, really
0: eased up the songwriting, you know? Oh, it like really just, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. I got you. Because yeah. if I'm
0: not worried about
2: like, you know, what, what is, is this other is thing? thinking? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like, is this better than this? Are people going to like this? Whatever. The point is that it really, so the songwriting process is just a really, mellow thing at this point okay Um, yeah i can still get on a jag and it'll like arrive really quickly but that song that i wrote when i was moving it was pretty literal and pretty simple and it arrived pretty quickly and i didn't question it much and i think there's a time and a place for really getting to the craft of a song Mm -hmm. um like that song for instance i don't I do a monthly thing where I just send music out really fresh and kind of not, um, not sort of overworked, basically. Yeah. Uh, and and I sort of do a thing. So anyone who's curious about that is listening. Um, go to the site, go to the website and check it out. JonahMajanga.com. Yay, soft plug um, Yep. All do the it time. Though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, please. So, so yeah. So the monthly thing is, is this rad thing. But the point is, if I were to put that song on a record, I would probably go back and dust off some syllables and see if there was a, a kind of a more interesting rhyme. Um, maybe I would add a couple of bars, I'd flesh some things out, I might add a little thing to the chorus. Um and I I don't think that it's about making it presentable to the world or something, or you know, getting more people to like it. I just think there is a time to reflect on ideas. Mm-hmm. And so, in some ways, also the songwriting process, I will say for me is never ending. I think oh, Okay when I really took some heat off myself also was realizing a song's never done. Like there could be, I could rewrite any number of songs from forever ago and I wrote them. So I get to fuck with them. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. They don't really need to be done. A version comes out and people have their reaction to it. And that's totally cool. Yeah. Um, but so it's, it's a very long story short. It's super fluid. It starts in conversations. It starts in my head. And I do preserve the ideas just to get really mm. functional about it. And I think it's really useful to do because sometimes I do come back to an idea and I'm like, oh, shit, that was pretty cool. And I can build off of that. And it's almost as if I'm someone else is sending me an idea. Like I'll i look oh, okay. like months ago and I'll be like, oh, yeah. I kind of <laughs> have to relearn to play it on my guitar. And yeah, yeah. so it's, it's kind of a living. I just live in it, basically. Mm-hmm. I just live in songs. They're the way I digest the world. They're the way they process my feelings. And there, I'm sure, is a more craft element to that, which changes a lot depending on whether the stimuli was musical or verbal. Um, But, yeah, it's a pretty, like, I just kind of live it. Okay. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, what comes to mind, though, is, like, how do those songs sometimes get reworked, you know, like, for, you know, 14... to 41 you know um yeah. that was a song yeah. that you did Perfect. you know and then it was also a song that you did with your band uh new end original yeah. which you know with norman yep. from texas is the reason you know so but like you know how did that one kind of rise to that next or maybe rise the wrong word but like did that one stand yeah. out and in, in a sense or did you just kind of hear it and you're like you know what i i feel like this could have no i art. mean
0: no yeah like when i well that that's more of a norman thing i mean Oh, okay that's interesting because that song didn't change in content at all yeah and i did know from the time the first time i wrote that song and finished it and it's actually the things about it really has not changed um and i knew from the beginning that at least to me this is a good fucking song yeah yeah like it, <laughs> it just it just has a has a thing to it. I don't know. Did you, you yelled at yourself?
2: You're like, damn, when I wrote this song,
3: you (laughs) know,
0: I mean, (laughs) it was a little bit scary. It was a little one of those scary ones. I hadn't quite gotten the confidence together. I was like, holy shit, this, uh, this feels like way better than anything I've written before and blah, blah. So -hmm. anyway, um, point is, yeah, but the arrangement did change quite a bit when we put it on thriller. Um, and in fact, the first couple versions of it that were released were one was on a little cassette kind of pocket recorder recording, And the next one was made totally as a demo, like the one that most people heard first on the Sketchy EP. Mm -hmm. That was just a demo from home. Um, So it was really just getting the skeleton of the song down. So what changed a lot with new end in that case was the arrangement of it. Um, Norman thought it'd be cool to have a drum beat in the beginning of it. Um, That was actually the main change that he made from the demo. Um, My version of it started with just guitar and that's instructive because the song didn't change in form or rather in content but it did change in form and so it's but uh there were other songs on the record um because i wrote all those songs Mm -hmm. on that ended up on thriller they were done and norman came in and Mostly just we rearranged them a little bit, which basically just to get all nerdy speak is just about (laughs) changing the dynamic of the song and the tempo and, but the notes don't really change and the chords don't really change. Um, But other tunes uh, welcome wearing out. Also known as leper song better than this number one defender, lukewarm. Even he kind of added some little parts to them. Um, like lukewarm didn't have the whole like that first oh, okay thing he bookended it with those two things um and then i guess better than this actually stayed the same chords pretty much he messed with the chords a little bit but that essentially changed the same but he really changed the arrangement made it into that ballad um and number one defender he had just a tiny little bit um after the big rave up bridge part, and it didn't necessarily change the song entirely. But point of all of these things, as I, as I recant them, is or, or uh, remember them, not recant. Um, uh, is just that there were a lot of little shifts that happened. Um, there are other things that are more dramatic where I had a whole song written, and I decided that I didn't really like most of the tune, but man, I wrote a really good middle eight. And so I kept the middle eight and waited years. And then two or three years later, I was writing another song and I thought, ah, oh, okay. I have the part that I need. Um, so things so I really just look at songs in building blocks. I mean, 14 to 41 is a song that's been on a few records now and it's pretty as I said, it really hasn't changed much since I wrote it. Um, and so some tunes kind of lock in, and that's that. Mm-hmm. And other tunes change a little bit because someone comes along and offers an idea, or because I just think, I think this could use something. And sometimes songs get completely repurposed um, okay. years and years later. And so, again, it's just, uh, I'm really not worried. About mm-hmm. it ever being, anything ever being done
5: 14 you're 41
4: start blind end up dumb you're 16, you're 23, you're 30.
0: I mean, one line drawing, this moniker that I have used, you know, off and on forever yeah, is the thing I wrote when I originally, you know, wrote that little name on a website is a one line drawing is when you start drawing and don't pick up the pencil till you're done. And again, I thought I was just talking about music or something, but it turns out that's what life is for me. It's just it's just a continual learning and it's growth, uh, you know, whatever growth means. Um, but, and forget learning, I don't know what it is. It's just, change is the only constant. Let's just mm-hmm. say that simple yeah, way. Yeah. And I just really embrace that. I yeah. just, There's no use worrying about what happened yesterday or what's going to happen tomorrow. Like, this is literally all we got. And, mm-hmm. you know, what? what is it? Uh, some amazing Buddhist says, we know that death is certain. And we know that the time of death is uncertain. So act accordingly. <laughs> yeah
3: yeah. <laughs> that's
2: yeah it's pretty on point
3: yeah
0: <laughs> but as simple as it gets you know i'm a songwriter so i really like when people can really just yeah. sum it up yeah that exactly up as, about as good as anything i know
2: yeah yeah um <laughs> but yeah i mean yeah you talk about one line drawing um yeah i don't know i, I mean i love kind of the, the rationale behind that on this you know particular like the new album tender wilds um yeah you know of kind of being more inclusive with uh you know this project um you know for those that are listening that might not be familiar at uh you know the earlier one nine drawing stuff tended to be more you would say just solo uh record like demo eat lo-fi kind of stuff um but uh with this record it was I mean it's a fantastic fantastic album. Um thank you. It's thank you. uh and yeah, I mean it did kind of catch me a little bit by surprise because I was kind of expecting a little bit more of that sound and it's not that, you know, there's a lot of great production, um big hooks and choruses and uh there's some like really great pop, you know, elements to it, and like you know, and uh beautiful ballads and all this like wonderful stuff that that is covered on this album. Um, but yeah and and there's you know the, the inclusivity of this you know you brought in a lot of different people so um, can you talk a little bit more about this record um, and then also just as a little add on to that of like how you were talking about how these songs um, are you know s- uh, that's kind of like cani- continuously evolving like some of these songs are older uh, from yeah. what I've seen and some of them are you yeah. know like so how does that album how did this album come together you know
0: that's a good question um it i mean like everything in the past few years it had a lot to do with the pandemic Mm -hmm. um i was sitting home alone and talking to other friends who were sitting home alone and trying to figure out how to stay creative and stay sane um and so it was once again a very therapeutic process for me to gather these songs to write some songs um Because, again, the songs had kind of been piling up, and I was like, oh, I think it's time for an album soon. Oh, okay. I didn't really have any idea what that was going to look like. Um, And I just got talking to Jeremy. Um, He was in Minneapolis. I was in San Francisco, and we just started trading stuff. And it was really just a product of working with him, honestly, the fancier part, because he's just a really great engineer and producer and has a way fancier setup than I do.
3: Oh, okay.
0: yeah, he's just his love is really just making shit sound great. <laughs> so I would just send him the same, you know, guitar and vocal tracks that I would be laying down myself. Uh, but he would jive them up and then add a bunch of instruments. And then I thought, oh, cool. Like, well, you know, let me talk to this person and get them to send you a track. And Jeremy would put it in the track and you know, drum part, bass part, guitar part. Yeah, um, and we just kind of gathered it. It was just really just hanging out and talking and. Uh, exchanging emails and um, it was a very it was ironically made in a very lo-fi way it's just a, the guy putting everything together is really into making shit sound really good
3: mm-hmm. um, oh, Like okay.
0: and, and so the next one line drawing record I mean I may well make it with Jeremy um, and if so it might sound something like what I just did and I may well do something entirely different. Like I yeah, yeah. in some ways I kind of I, I love Tender Wild so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's exactly the record that I needed to make and I'm so happy it happened and I'm I'm proud of it forever. Mm-hmm. And I you know, I love lo-fi shit. You know, I mm-hmm. really do. I really love homemade sounding shit. Uh and so there will may well be a lot more of that coming along mm-hmm. and, you know always new and the monthly thing I was talking about is that's a lot about that too is like uh it's there'll be I'll release you know it's just to the you know people that are part of the monthly thing mm-hmm. but it'll be a super heavy song one month and a kind of fancy song, sounding song one month and a really lo-fi acousticy thing one month and um so i just love bouncing all over the place and just seeing what what happens so tender wild is a record i'm super proud of and i want everyone to hear it and i do think on a superficial level it is as commercial a thing as i've ever made really Mm -hmm. um and i really did between jeremy and norman who is a big big part of making the record as well on sort of um norman from new end um Mm -hmm the song craft too. We really went over the songs, the fine tooth comb and make oh, okay. sure is this, is this the song as it should be? Um,
2: like with regard and, to like structures or. Uh, yes,
0: like everything? Totally yeah. Okay. Structure dynamic. Is this the right melody? Did I hit that? Wow. Okay. And not really in an obsessive way, but we just had this thing of, we wanted to make sure that we all kind of liked it. And mm-hmm. I think I'm more sort of not to overly generalize like, I bring the kind of like the scruffy heart. Norman brings kind of the high drama and like broader aesthetic. Uh, and Jeremy brings the rock solid delivery and consistency and real high fineness to it mm-hmm. um, and knows how to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just a cool trio of humans who we all know each other incredibly well musically and everything else that happened you know rod castro playing guitar i mean he's just out of this world mm-hmm. zach lynn from jameer world playing drums was wonderful i've always wanted to do that yeah There's yeah dashboard singing a little bit on a tune was really beautiful for me you know um jake snyder from minus the bear laid down some sick like i think he's got to fulfill a bunch of like weird little dreams of just like, <laughs> hey what it's sound like when i get together with this human yeah so got yeah some gratitude shit bob and dave from gratitude came in and you know, Everyday that's Angels awesome. is a very, it was just a song that it sounded like the noise Gratitude made. So I thought, mm-hmm. oh shit, why not get these guys together and let's make this noise. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was super fun to do that with them. So yeah, it was a, the the record was a really beautiful, just friend based thing. But yeah, the reason it sounds fancy and badass and commercial has as much to do with Jeremy and Norman as it does with me, that's for sure. That's cool. Uh, yeah, because left of my devices, I'm probably back to making a hissy kind of home <laughs> recording.
2: Yeah. Oh, that's all right. That's cool. And that's uh, Jeremy from Soul Asylum, correct? Is that who? Yeah, well, guess he's yeah. in
0: Soul Asylum now, which is yeah. wild to say. Yeah. I mean, he's yeah. to me, he's still Jeremy from Online Drawing.
5: Yeah,
2: yes, um, yeah, yeah.
0: because uh, now he, he we met when he was in a band called Attention, I believe. Oh, okay. Uh way back in the early aughts, and then. He somehow started touring with. I literally don't remember what happened. He probably remembers better than I, but he started touring with one line drawing, playing guitar or bass, whatever I kind of needed at different mm-hmm. times. And then he also was in a sort of short lived second iteration of New End after Charlie and Scott had left. Uh, okay. Um, yeah. Jeremy came in to play drums. Uh, and then. So somewhere, I don't know, that I, I'm not sure which begat what between that one line drawing, frankly, but somewhere around that I met him. And then when Gratitude was getting going, we wanted another guitarist. And the dude who was helping manage Gratitude came to a one line drawing show and saw Jeremy playing guitar with me. He's like, well, how about that guy? Like, he's great. And I thought, fuck yeah, cool. So. Jeremy joined gratitude. So yeah, we've been, we've been tight bros for a long time, but that said, he has eclipsed everything now by being in soul asylum, which (laughs) as it should be is the top thing on his resume. So
2: yeah, Yeah. no, that's cool. That's cool. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's great that you're able to, uh, you know, still record this, uh, like record with your friends, uh, and, Mm. and fellow bandmates. I mean, uh, you know, talk a little bit about gratitude. Um, yeah, I mean that was a fantastic band, uh, and but I, from our conversation here, like, what was it? Yeah, what was it like for you? I mean, you just this album, you're able to come together, write these like great songs, great pop songs. Gratitude had sort of that feel. I mean, you were on Warner Brothers Records, right? Is that okay? Was it uh, uh,
0: Atlantic? Yeah, Atlantic. I, okay, I yeah, you know, but you know,
2: yeah. I, I thought I remember hearing that when you're writing these songs with with these people, that you want you almost wanted it to be on a major label to have that production value, to have that, um, uh, sound with it. Um, yeah. So, I mean, kind of like, what was that like, or how was it like, as a, uh, as opposed to now of writing these songs that are, you know, at that same level, like, was there a lot of stress that that went into that type of stuff of, of kind of feeling that, that may or may not be felt now? Um,
0: one yeah all of the stress of gratitude came when the circles got messed up yeah right? okay. I go back to earlier in our conversation um a lot of money got involved uh i think there were some real expectations both within and without the band mm-hmm. um and you know to me nothing kills a good time quicker than expectations um mm, yeah so yeah it's it's the writing of the tunes and gratitude was wonderful and yeah, everything I mean, an felt awesome so record. natural yeah. and simple and great and not worrying about anything. Um, and the major label part, again, I really, I, you know, I kind of wish I could take credit, I guess. And I, I think I'll take credit for the singing and the songwriting, but that was really Mark, the guy I started the band with. Um, he, he really led that charge to get us okay. on Atlantic and stuff. Um, and I wasn't even sure about it. Like, I knew the songs did sound big, and I, and I was willing to entertain, mm-hmm. wow, what if this could be a big hit? You know, what if we were within a system that could really, you know, put music out there and have, give us a big platform and Yeah, all that? So I was certainly curious about it, and money is good. Um, so I was into it, and I look back I don't look back on it as a mistake per se, but I do look back on it as a time when the circles got a little bit messed up. Uh, yeah. And I was I got more into pleasing the people around us who wanted to make it a big success. And I forgot, or I kind of sublimated um, the, the fun part, mm-hmm. um, which to me has a lot to do with, just, yeah, just not being quite so self important, which is the thing I can get into sometimes. And, um, yeah, long story short, mm-hmm. the rest of Gratitude wasn't very fun. And that's why it was a very short lived band. Um, we started having fun a little bit towards the end when Mark left, because there was just a lot of tension around him and all that. And he entered a rough time in his life. And that's his story to tell. But, we had a little fun towards the end, but I came out of that really extra committed to going back to like, okay, I like this lo-fi. I like when yeah. we're not in a tour bus. I like when we're just hanging out on the sidewalk after the show. That's This is what I enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know that could be, so. who knows? I don't know if I'm shooting myself in the foot. I don't know if I could have or should have been more famous or more successful or whatever in Gratitude or any other band. And I remember my daughter asking me at one point, Why do you, you know, like, why didn't you try hard to get famous, which was her way of asking, like, why don't we have more money? And, and I said, I don't know what would have happened if I had said yes to more tours or whatever, you know, what would have happened to my career. But I know I wouldn't have been as many of your soccer games.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: And that was just more important to me. Yeah. Um, And Gratitude really reminded me of that. Um, and I, I've always thought it was kind of sweet that the band was called Gratitude because it ended up reminding me of how grateful I am for music mm-hmm. and how I need to keep that at the center of things.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, that's why it like, came to mind of just, you know, uh, fast forward to now working with some of those yeah. people and, and yeah. writing some amazing songs and still having that
0: experience, you know? So um, yeah. yeah, and so th- that's all part. We, 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 so yeah. it turns out, and look, we worked in a world-class studio with a guy called Jim Scott. The studio is called Cello. It sadly no longer exists. Jim Scott is still making records. He's just an absolute wizard. And so we didn't make a record that sounds that good, frankly. But Jeremy's gotten really good. And Jeremy learned a lot from Jim Scott, learned a lot from a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Jeremy's pretty fucking good at this point. Yeah. So. We did make a, a really high fi sounding record. I'm very, very proud of that. I just want to give all the credit to him for that and all the work he put into that. But it did go to show that without spending, a, you know, like hundreds of thousands of dollars and without all the pressure and without all the stress, we were able to make something um, that was really fully realized sonically. Um, Tender Wild was a wonderful reminder that. That was that it was okay to make a fancy sounding thing and not mm-hmm. have the rest of the bullshit to go along with it.
3: Yeah, yeah.
0: No, yeah. I mean, it, and it's, it's funny a- for me it was fancy sounding, but that's just what most people try to do every record. I just again tend to have a less polished <laughs> aesthetic than most people when I'm left to my own device. could have been like Holly.
4: from Texas, <laughs> not Miami. Stop the Disco, atop the Golden Gate, I wish someone had been there, to tell them it's okay to be scared, to hold that perfect hand and say it's not too late, that you're
2: I think all of that stuff comes together, you know, that it's, it, you know, with Jeremy having a long history with you that it, it, I mean, it's, it's you, it doesn't sound like some weird version of what Jonah thinks this album would say. It sounds like you, you know, it just, Yeah, you know, the first listen, I was yeah. like, Oh, this is different than some other stuff, but honestly, let's do it again. And I kind of already knew all the songs. And I was like, this is awesome that I like, Th- this is so like infectious that I know this song already. You know, I'm looking mm. forward to the chorus coming up. Um, <laughs> You know, I'm really bad at remembering lyrics, but I'm like stumbling through this is water, you know, as yelling at wow, the best cool. that I can, you know, like any of that kind of mm. stuff. But it was just, it's just, it's, you I know, love that, that. Com- that comes no, from No, I like, do. All I, all love that. All, I
0: love that kind of stuff. So yeah. <laughs> thank you for just, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> saying that to me for sure. And yeah, I mean, it's, I definitely was, excited about that for myself i was writing very comforting songs and songs that were you know that i that were my company in, in a really strange time in my life um and uh yeah it was cool um and i it's interesting because at this point i've made so many different sounding things <laughs> that um i'm always surprised when people are surprised because First of all, as far as I can tell, like everything, it is incredibly affected, of course, by the other people involved. And I was thinking mm-hmm. earlier about it's really depending on who I make the record with how it ends up sounding. A lot of times, because I don't actually care that much about that. I care more about the song part, and so I'm happy to let anyone else take the reins sonically and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so with far, with new end, with gratitude, with Kimora, with Eyes Another, with you know my solo stuff under the different names you know one line drawing people i've worked with solo stuff i've worked with different people too like under my own name and all of that it has of course it's changed dramatically sonically but to my ears looking listening back on it i sound like the same person for better for worse i guess Mm -hmm. in all of it um you know far screamier and stuff but I don't know. It just doesn't sound that different to me. So it's always interesting to me. We're like, wow, this is a real different thing for you. Cause (laughs) I guess I'm happy about it, but for me, it's just, it's sort of what I've always done is hop from thing to thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's just kind of what gets me off is just playing and playing with different people and playing alone and seeing what mood I'm in. And, um, yeah. As I keep saying and keep realizing anew, it's just a very, it's just my life,
3: mm-hmm. just
0: making stuff. And the part about how it sounds or who likes it or not is really, it turns out it's up to a lot of other people. Mm-hmm. I just kind of try to sing the best I can and make the best lyric I can. And and again, the best for me means the one that lights me up the most. Um, yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, but yeah, th- this new record is out now, uh, came out, uh, late spring, early summer, uh, with, uh, yeah. i on recordings. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, it
0: actually came out a year before then as a self oh, okay. thing. Yeah. I mean, just as we- uh, because I just, we kind of looked around for label a little bit, but I just yeah. really wanted to release it and yeah. I love doing that collectively. So I did a Kickstarter thing and, um, and then. After the pressing was done, I got to talking to Casey from Iodine, and we kind of reconnected after a lot of years of not in contact. And he said, oh, it's kind of starting this label up again. And I was like, hey, cool. I got these new songs. And, yeah, yeah. Um, they hadn't been released to anyone yet. So I I said, well, look, so a few hundred people have them, um, but they're, it's not you know out or whatever. Um, I think I just digitally uploaded it or something you know, the, to the streamers, and I took it all down. and we retitled it and kind of he made we made new art for it and mm-hmm. really just in some ways and that's a weird instance to go do the topic of like songs changing literally nothing about the recording changed but the presentation of all of it changed dramatically
3: Okay, uh, like in and it way? Came out
0: on a label and, okay
3: yeah
0: um and they sort of it wasn't really getting reviews before then because i really didn't release it to anyone except the people who really actively wanted to hear it yeah and then it was out and people were going and having these expectations going like oh my god you know, da, 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 da. <laughs> and i'm still laughing with casey about he was just at furnace fest and saying that he was had the record there and people were like wait a new one-line drawing record i had no fucking idea and mm-hmm. we've been beating the shit out of ourselves trying to you know like get this out to the world so it's just it's another lesson i can't, I can't control that part like yeah who heard me when and heard what and what they think of this compared to that. And all I know is looking back over tw- you know, one of the things I'm proud of over 25 years is I think there's artists that have done certainly made better sounding records than me and written better songs and been better in a kind of a million ways. But I can't think of an artist who has had as diverse an output sonically and pretty much in every way. Um, in different genres with different approaches with different release methods of release it sort of it's just been all over the place in every way and i'm really i didn't intend for this to be the case but i'm really proud of that mm-hmm. um that if anyone cares to look there's a lot of different sounding records and they are oh, going to yeah. keep being surprised like it, which is what started this whole thing of i'm happy that I keep surprising people. And in fact, I'm surprised, like I said, I'm surprised that there's that you're still surprised, but mm-hmm. I'm happy about that because that means we're keeping it fun. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, I just, that's, I like that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I mean, even with that, yeah. Like the, uh, you know, different sounds of the, uh, Kimura record that you did with, mm-hmm. uh, with Jay. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean that, is uh, a very different sounding thing even from anything else that that you've yeah like what you're saying that uh yeah. from what you've done you know um it's springing in, in that sound the, the you know the
0: and again what, that was all Jay and Zach like from in John that Lux, particular yeah. yeah i mean we just we just i had one of the songs i think one of the songs was based on a demo of mine but it was they changed it um, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the other stuff was essentially written collectively in the studio which i'd really never done before Oh, okay and so that was all about jay's mastery at the studio and creating in the studio um, and just we were all very interested in just what would happen if we all just kind of jumped in so i wrote those songs with them but they're very responsible for the the tone of that record again I just I just sang and did my lyrics you know basically oh, okay I got gotcha. you um, yeah so it, it's just the more I talk about this with you the more I realize how deeply I am affected by who's involved um mm-hmm. and again that's the trick is that and with Kimura especially I remember us going we don't want to impress each other we don't want to make each other like the thing we just want to all love what we're doing and then mm-hmm. if we all love what we're contributing to it, then cool. We're all good. Yeah. Know? And so that's what the record is about
3: for me. Yeah.
2: No, that's cool. That's cool.
0: Yeah.
2: And, and yeah, I guess just since we're kind of talking about some of those other things of working with, uh, you know, people, um, in, 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 your sphere of stuff, you know, and you just mentioned, I is another, uh, which is, you know, Ian from yep. rival schools and, yep. uh, Jeff, um, from now, her head's on fire. Uh, so.
0: Oh, yeah. It's so funny. I is another. Um... Wait. Which Jeff?
2: Isn't it uh, Jeff Gensterblum? Is...
0: Gensterblum is in her head's on fire? Yeah. I don't think I even fucking knew that till this moment. Yeah. That a... is hilarious. I... <laughs> There's also another guitarist called Jeff Dean, which is who I thought oh, yeah. you meant when you said yeah, Jeff. No,
2: uh, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. Yeah, Jeff. And uh... what's weird
0: about that is that Jeff Dean did some recordings with Jay Robbins is my universe. Uh and we released a seven inch on Bridge Nine, East Coast, Northeast record label, mm-hmm. um, called Magic Tommy Jackson, that has a couple of tunes that I wrote with Jeff Dean and uh and Jay. Um mm-hmm. and they had already made the music and they said so that's how I met Jeff Dean, who I know is in her heads on fire. But Genster I I don't I, I definitely did not consciously if someone told me that before and I forgot it, then maybe I guess, but I think I would remember that. So, that's fucking hilarious. And yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's it's just, I think at this point, it's just like, the longer you stick around this world, the more, you know, because a lot of people leave. I've uh-huh. often talked about my music and my life with music is like, I started at the same time everyone else just fucking playing music in the basement with my buddies. And then other people just kind of stopped or life happened or, you know, mm-hmm. and I just kind of kept going. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I think it's really sweet that I'm going to be because uh, I'm pretty, This is true. I think I've never met Jeff Bensterboum in person. Um, oh, wow, okay.
3: You just did that. that uh,
0: yeah. Okay. Who I thought you were going to say when you talked about eyes and other was Ian Love. Yeah. Who like and so you, you know you mentioned that, but like the other one was really funny. Like so, yeah, Ian I met from doing a split with Rival Schools way back yeah. in the day when he was in Rival Schools. And then he produced And, a solo record of mine, Um, and then he was writing more songs for Rival Schools, but then he left Rival Schools, and so he sent the songs to me, uh, the instrumentals, and that's what became The Eyes, another record. He brought Gensterblum in, I loved the drums that Jeff played on that, but I never even met him. Like, oh wow! Was okay, like, yeah, I know this guy. He's a great yeah. drummer. Like, I'm like fucking. I I trust you. Sure. Go for it. <laughs> so this is fucking amazing. Oh my god, this is you're really uh you're really uh illuminating my life for me. Thank All you right. Very much. <laughs>
2: so you've got uh the new album out and you're going yeah. on tour uh you're yeah to man
3: with jeff
0: for uh hanging with jeff hanging with Jeffs, both jeff <laughs> all yeah uh, and, all then, the Jeffs. and all the other people who i'm sure i know somehow <laughs> yeah um, um <laughs> so uh, fucking crazy
2: but wow. yeah uh yeah can you talk about this uh this tour like what are you looking forward to um coming up and and like what is uh what is it going to be like? Are you uh, just playing by yourself? Are you bringing some people with you? Or are you going to steal I'm against Bloom to play like, some song to you now that you know? And now said? that I know, maybe I <laughs> will. Like, I got to hang up with you, James. I got to yeah. go make a call. Yeah. You know, you're like, no, Learn. I this think is, you know
0: <laughs> I'm really stoked to just be. I'm just stoked to sing.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I just, you know, I mean, one thing about singing live is that, I mean, I sing in my, place that I sing loud when I'm tracking a loud vocal and stuff, but there's something about singing live where I really get to let her rip. Mm -hmm. And so just that feeling in my body is I'm really looking forward to being with people. I'm really looking forward to, um, I am probably going to keep it really, really, really simple on this tour. Like I'm planning Mm -hmm. on flying to the tour with literally my guitar and a backpack. I mm-hmm. sent a little bit of merch ahead of me. Um, we're back to that center circle thing. I'm in a time when I'm really making sure of what it is that I love about this. And mm-hmm. so I'm not planning on playing with other people a bunch on this tour. I mean, it might happen. I don't know. But I'm planning on just playing my tunes um, and getting loud and having some good conversations. Uh, and. Yeah, I mean, as we all know, uh, shows have been in short supply for the last bunch of years, and we're trying to make it up for it now, but it's still kind of fucking weird. So I'm just hoping to stay healthy and Mm -hmm. hang out with people and see the East Coast again. Mm -hmm. Um, And I... I hope by then the Yankees will have lost so that <laughs> I can forget about this horrid season.
3: Yeah, yeah. The Red
0: Sox fan only has two good seasons, which is where we win. And when the Yankees lose is our consolation prize. So,
3: yeah. Yeah.
0: So I'm looking forward to seeing the East coast and just yeah. looking forward to being an animal on this earth, doing what I love. Yeah.
2: When, uh, when was the last time you played a show in Rhode Island?
0: I mean, yeah. a long time ago. Yeah. I, 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 I I got us. I might. I feel like 2018. Maybe we did one. I was doing a Water and Solutions 20th anniversary kind of tour. We might have done something. Then I definitely remember uh, being in the same room a couple of times, and one of the times was I think with, I think with Jay Robbins. Uh, so anyway i'm gonna go ahead and say 2018 or 2014 okay cool cool yeah um Um, but it's it's one of those places that unless i'm doing a really thorough tour i get lucky it gets missed yeah um so uh i'm super stoked for that actually we're gonna i'm really psyched to play like little east coast places that just mean a lot to me as a human. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. like
2: yeah. yeah. I mean, AOS 220, where you're playing, is, uh, you know, it's a, a legendary all ages nonprofit venue. Like, it's, I think it's like a, one of the oldest in the country. It's like a year older than like Gilman Street, a couple of years behind ABC No wow. Rio. Um, okay. Like a huge history. It's like started in 1985. Um, just an important space here in Rhode Wait, Island. Wait, where
0: um, would I have played? Now I'm rethinking my answer. Providence. In Rhode Island? Where would um, I have played? Where just throw some names like, at me to see if it jogs anything. Well probably back like far
2: might have been what was around then was like the living room, which is kind of like the weird sure, remember that there. so the living yeah. room there was like Club B. When Head. did that end? That stopped in oh man, two thousand and
0: nine, maybe or something like that. Been, what have the little venues been since then?
2: Since then, uh there is uh, a place called the Skew. There's a place uh, called the parlor that's been around for a while.
0: Um, yeah. They're all sounding familiar. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, don't I mean, know. you're like, I've played
2: a thousand shows. They all like how many parlors? Yeah.
0: I don't count officially, but I, I doing basic math, I think I'm at around 3,500 at this point. So, wow. That's amazing. Um, yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot. Yeah, yeah, um, so sure. But so anyway, I, I'm really curious. But yeah. AC20 is a rad, rad Providence. It might've been a long time. Mm-hmm. it might've been a really long time since I've played Providence. So I'm actually even more excited because I think I was kind of conflating it with other rad new England places. Okay. Cause it feels well, yeah, so like the, the,
2: the farm where you, you did Ralph's in Worcester. I know that you were there for that. I remember stuff. that.
0: Oh. Um, and I think we did a thing in maybe Connecticut or something. Yeah. Um, uh, maybe one line drawing opened up for Thursday in Providence.
2: Oh, okay. Um,
0: maybe that's what I'm thinking Yeah, of. yeah there's it's,
2: like it's, the Strand is like all the bigger blur. club. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> but that's, it's all a fucking No, but blur, we're, we're. But anyway, excited I'm
0: psyched to, to have
2: yeah. you. um
0: All I know is it's been yeah. a long enough time since I've been in most of these places that I'll be playing yeah. that I effectively can't remember. So I'm really psyched to. Because I know that means it's been a long fucking time, so yeah. I hope some people show up and have fun celebrating this life while we can. Yeah. yeah,
2: and I know that you've watched this is again read Jonah's book. Um, eh. You watched Dumb and Dumber
0: a million times. <laughs> um, Are you interested
2: in checking out any of the Rhode Island landmarks that you find there? That's a
0: great here? fucking idea. Now that, that, you like, it, I well like, that you said it, the big bug is like
2: you know you know, very close to AS220. So you can check out the big blue bug. It's still there. You know, they, when they're leaving Providence at the beginning of the movie.
0: Yep. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh yeah. I remember so. it so well. Yeah. You okay. Know, uh, <laughs> I will definitely, that. that's it. I will totally look up dumb and number of landmarks. While there. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Actually. <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: Um, yeah. And yeah. And by the way, um, just thanks for, for plugging along, rewinding so much. It really means a lot to me. I'm really proud of that book. Mm-hmm. Um, and for anyone listening i i did write it and it's in a paperback form and i also read it for the mm-hmm. audiobook um so both however you like to consume your uh content i got yeah. to have it yeah. and the audiobook also comes with um about a 50 song soundtrack that starts with my high school talent show that's song mm-hmm. communication i was talking about and ends with an unreleased demo and got a lot of tunes in between. Uh, so there's a lot there if you want to check it out.
2: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. So I I highly recommend it. Um, yeah. I just have one more question for you here just cool. um, yeah. to kind of even, so. I mean, you've been giving uh, amazing pieces of advice, but to even kind of like summarize, you know, stuff that sure. you have done from, you know, playing in FAR, you know, getting signed to a major label, doing these huge arena tours to playing living mm-hmm. rooms and, everything you know across your career is there like a piece of advice that you would give to to someone you know I mean I know we're kind of been talking about that circle um sure, keeping sure. it to that but is there something just from you know uh from that uh that you would kind of like to to pass along
0: I'd say some really basic two really really basic things um one breathe through your nose deeply two Make sure you get enough water, which is a lot, by the way. It's a lot Mm -hmm. of water we're supposed to drink. Uh, Three, make sure you move your body regularly. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: Four, if you're a singer especially, record yourself and listen to yourself sing. It's fucking excruciating, but I think it's really important to get through it and do the stuff we were talking about at the beginning.
3: Uh Uh-huh.
0: And
2: just to get more acclimated with your own voice. Yeah. Yeah, Just
0: to really get over that Mm -hmm. self-consciousness and face it and learn how to really kind of assess yourself in a sweet way to go like, is that on pitch? Uh, Okay. Do like, You know, am I getting through to myself even? Um, Yeah. Is it giving me the shivers that I want it to give? Yeah. You know, that I want to get from music? Yeah. Um, Is it giving me the shivers that I get when I listen to music I love? Um, Yeah. So stuff like that. But that's getting even a little more esoteric. I'm going to go back to really simple nuts and bolts. Figure out what it is that you want for music. As in, if you want it to be your job, whatever amount of income you want it to generate, if you want it to generate 10 grand a year, do some quick math as to okay, how many shows do you need to play at how much per show? How much is the gas going to cost getting to and from the show? How much is it cost going to make the t shirt? How much profit will you make on the t shirt? And basically, start to do all that. And if you get bored of that somewhere in that process, definitely don't try and be <laughs> a musician for your life. Like, yeah. don't try and be an artist. Don't try and be an entrepreneur. Like, that's what that's about: is doing the minutia, yeah, uh, doing the boring shit. That is, if you want to play music, fucking play music. Just do that. Yeah, But if there's anything where you want to have it be in the world or make money from it or do a thing like that, it's, yes, it's all about the stuff we've been talking about, about making sure it's important to you. And it's all about the little things, especially mm-hmm. around the commerce and getting other people to care about it part. Mm-hmm. If you can't find a way to make doing the math and stuffing the envelope fun and talking to the... Di- the distributor and talking to the CD manufacturing place or the vinyl manufacturing place, or the USB manufacturing place, the t shirt manufacturing place, or the whatever the fuck manufacturing yeah. place. Yeah. Um, if you get bored with all that, I just, I guess if you're lucky enough to find a fucking awesome manager who is going to take you from the bottom to the top forever, like, great. Like, God bless. But I don't think you're going to have yeah. much fun trying to be an artist if you can't have fun doing the busy work around that yeah i often think of what i'm doing is just i just opened up a corner store selling tchotchkes except the tchotchkes are songs Mm -hmm. but i'm still running a store
2: yeah there's a lot that goes into it i I remember uh i don't know if you do you know will johnson from centromatic um but he uh he's uh been doing this for a long time as well and just talking to him about like doing your taxes as a working musician at yeah, the end of the year great, you know like great just that type of thing It's was like you know it all yep. puts it in perspective of like yeah i just did 300 shows on the road
0: you're Perfect. doing your
2: taxes uh just like everyone Perfect. else you know <laughs> it's like that's what you have exactly. to do exactly if,
0: so. if you can't enjoy that part i think there's going to be problems yeah um uh, yeah. which and i know it sounds like a stretch to say enjoy but uh, it's just it's just part of <laughs> around, it around it's around ta- oh, around tax time is when i again go back to that center circle and go i'm so lucky i have this problem of having really scattered finances because this is because i love music enough that i was able to make it and people cared about it enough to fucking give me money for it yeah oh my god yeah. oh mm-hmm. my god and that takes a little of sting out of the tax. Mm-hmm. Yeah, So yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway well, thank you so much for this of, this of course amazing. yes you, like you were my therapist. That was amazing. All right. No, oh, that's cool. Uh, well, Jonah, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Everyone,
2: please go uh, pick up his new album, uh, Tender Wild, uh, available now by uh, uh, Iodon Recordings. Uh, go to com. It's got this really cool. Deluxe package that comes with a seven inch. We didn't even get to departure, but that is fantastic as well. Um, Oh, thank you. uh, And like a cool zine and amazing looking vinyl. And then, yeah, go to uh, his website, uh, jonahmatranka.com, where he has everything that he's done and his book and uh, what what else is coming up. So, Jonah, I I can't thank you enough. It really means a lot to get to speak to you. And I look forward to seeing you very soon at AOS220. Yeah. uh, You know, be safe on tour. If you're listening, check them out. Uh, hitting Boston and New York city and all the way down the coast to the fests and Gainesville. Um, and have a great time and I'll see you soon.
0: Hell yeah. I'm looking forward to all of it hearing you say it. Thank you for a sweet conversation. And I sincerely hope that, uh, this ends up getting to some people and that you like do well in your pursuits. I love what you're doing. Um, and well, I'm really grateful to be a part of it.
2: Thank you so much. I'll Take talk to you yourself, soon.
0: All right. Bye. Bye.
4: Tell me I love, I've been looking for you so long. Oh, 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 running everywhere. A lot of come and go, a lot of too soft, too strong. Oh, 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 I know we're both scared. But if you take a chance, I swear.